The guests on Love Hurts occasionally use some adult language and go into some more intense subject matter. But that's kind of how real life works anyway. This is Love Hurts. I'm Brian Berlin. Today's guest is Robbie Weinstein. Robbie is a storyteller and dad living in Brooklyn. Robbie tells me the story of how his daughter Josie was born three months early and spent over a hundred days in the hospital, and how he struggled over the course of that journey from worrying about her life to finally thinking of himself as a dad. Hey, Robbie, thanks so much for being here. (laughs) Thanks. Thanks for having me. How's your morning going? It's good. It's good. I had a bagel around the corner at Nagel's Bagels. I don't know if you know it. Oh, yes. But it's on uh, Nostrand. And I dropped my, I dropped Emily, who's my wife, and Josie, my daughter, off at the bagel place and came here. Okay. So they're just like enjoying a bagel while you come here. Yes. And... well, they're going to go to the Children's Museum, which is about 10 oh, minutes yeah. walk away. It's like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And um, Emily has two brothers who live in the area. So they're going to, she's going to get, Josie's going to get Uncle Ben and Uncle Jake. Oh, time. cool. It's cool. So this yeah. like worked out. I, I felt like I was like, oh, am I bringing you a long way away to get here? But no, it, no, not. It's, it's <laughs> I mean, turning into a yeah, good. Actually, I used to work around here. I used to uh, work down at a. Uh, um, on Macon, Macon and Lewis and Bed-Stuy, which okay. is like a yeah, 10 yeah, yeah. minute bike ride from here. Okay. Yeah. So this was, it's, it's a jaunt back to my old All neighborhood. Right, cool. Yeah. Well, glad to bring you back here. <laughs> Thank you. Um, yeah. What, what did you want to talk about today? What's the so theme the, of the um, story? So the theme of today is going to have to do with my daughter. Yes. And um, the thing about having kids was I never really hankered for them. I never really wanted them. I never, um, I did not want them. Uh, it's just that when, whenever I experienced kids or whenever I thought about kids, they were like little Mr. Potato Heads. Like I, and, and, uh, you know, you like, uh, they were these things that made funny faces and you could put different eyes on them, different ears on them, you know, and they were, and they were nonsensical. And I really didn't know. Um, but more, every time I hung out with the kid, I didn't know how to deal with them. Um, yeah, yeah. Like I didn't know. There's no instruction booklet, so you don't. Um, so and and they develop. Like basically, your job as a parent would be to de- help this little being develop into, which is in what essence is a grown up. And the grown up I know best is me. Yeah, and I'm not <laughs> a huge. Uh, and I have lots of little faults and things like that. So uh, there was also like a fear that I wouldn't be able to do it and that I would raise like a terrible, terrible human being. Yeah. Or, so a, it was half adult. this thing that like you never really were like found yourself connecting with kids and yeah. then half this fear of like, I don't want to be a bad parent or but, yeah. Yeah. And there was one there was. So when my sister had her first baby, um, she brought her home uh, f- for, for the family to meet. She lived in Chicago. Uh, Vegas at the time, and she brought him home to her home to Michigan, and I got to hold her for a little while. And the only time that I thought, "Oh, I could have one of these," is when um, I was holding her and I was sitting on the couch and I fell asleep, and she was on my chest. And when I woke up, she was about two inches away from my eye, looking at me like, like I was the most curious thing she'd ever seen. And she was smiling, and I thought it was incredibly sweet. And I was like, oh, okay, I can see why people would want these things. They're, you know, they're, they're really cute. <laughs> they're adorable. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, but when we decided to have one, um, 
my philosophy regarding having kids and being a parent was that I didn't think I'd ever had one unless I was with someone who wanted to have kids. Yes. And um, as long as I could find someone who wanted, like, who I could be with and uh, who wanted to have a kid, I was all for doing anything with her because I figured that anything can happen anyway. So, um, and I'd like, I wanted her to be a partner. And when I met Emily, uh, she was, uh, I was like, oh, yeah, definitely. Like, if you want kids, I'm, I'm all in. I don't know how, uh, how great I'll be, but I have a really good, good feeling that we'll be good together. So, um, uh, and then so we started trying. We went to, uh, we're both sort of of an older age. So having kids is a little bit of a, um, was a little bit of a, or conceiving was a little bit of a chore. We went to fertility clinics and we talked to doctors and uh, she got that little app on her phone that said when she was highest in fertility, okay, yeah, uh, yeah. like high time fertility. <laughs> and, um, and, uh, and, you know, and so like to conceive, yeah, yeah, to conceive, it was like you had to have, you know, you had to conceive like, between the hours of one and three or something <laughs> yeah, like, like that and she perfect. would yeah and she would always apologize and i was always like well who cares it's like sex is sex it's yeah we're still, yeah. <laughs> yeah so um uh so she got pregnant fairly we had a couple of miscarriages but she got pregnant fairly easy and um easily otherwise and um uh the the um and it was kind of fun like um it, it wasn't fun for her because she was nauseous from like week m- month one on, and um, she there were a couple of scares where we had to go to the hospital and uh, there was fluid leaking and um, and things didn't always feel so right and there was a little bit of fear. But um, uh, Josie ended up coming uh, after uh, six months, so she um, and it was a complete surprise to both of us. Wow! Yeah, that's yeah, early. Yeah, so we went to the. Um, Emily wasn't feeling well one day. I was pretty upset with her that day because it was my day off. And um, everything that uh, it, it had been, um, it had been really difficult for her because she was nauseous all the time. She was uh, overly sensitive to smell. She didn't feel like herself. And, and there was absolutely nothing she could do about it. But um, uh, it just, uh, it, it made life for me a little bit more difficult because I I was the one who had to regulate the smells. And every five minutes, what she could handle and what she couldn't would change, and also with the tastes of foods. And so um, uh, it became really, uh, yeah, it was just really hard. But the day that Josie came, um, we it, w- it was my day off. She, she wasn't feeling well. She, she had a stomach ache and... Um, uh, finally, she just couldn't sit still. She was on on her on her bed, and um, and she was like writhing in pain. And she thought it was a gas bubble bubble that was under her uh, her abdomen. And so we went to a Methodist in Park Slope, and um, uh, there were two or three doctors who who kind of took a look at her. They couldn't figure out what was going on. And finally, they decided to look between like at her, and she was about five centimeters dilated. Wow. And um, not, and uh, the the um, there was like a little bit of a, a break when we realized that that what that meant because she said you're probably going to have this baby today, and um, it was uh, it was a shock for for all of us or all of us <laughs> for both of <laughs> the us. two of you <laughs> the two of us and maybe and for the doctor yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, but, other people probably were a little shocked by what yeah. was happening and um and. 
And before they realized what was going on, it was a little bit of a Tweedledee, Tweedledum situation because they kept asking her the same things over and over again, and they couldn't figure out what was going on with her, and she's on this on this cart writhing. And, um, yeah, and are you, are you like, scared at all at this point? Of no, just like, no. Okay. I'm, well, I'm still a little bit pissed. Yeah, <laughs> because yeah, because you're still trying to get over this, like, this is my day off. I didn't yeah, want to have right. to deal with this today. <laughs> and you're complaining about everything, and, and I, like... I, I, I trust Emily to know what's going on with her body. And when she said that there was a gas bubble, like it felt like there was a gas bubble or some sort of bubble in her abdomen. I just trusted her. To, yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, and then as soon as the doctor said, like, you're going to give birth to this thing today, the um, uh, it changed. Like my priority became Emily, just yeah. making sure that she was OK. And uh, and we were we didn't really ask many questions. It just got really quiet and. Um, in, inside both of our heads and, um, well, in my head. Uh, and it's a teaching hospital. So they, <laughs> when word got out that there was a, a six-month, it's called a micropremie. Okay. Um, when that there was a micropremie b- being born, all the med students kind of came <laughs> rushing to the room. They're just flocking. Yeah. And so, and so when um, the, uh, and so they had like a team of people there. So Emily was on one, th- on, on her stretcher. And um, and it looked like just any room you would ever see in your life. Uh, you had like cabinets and uh, you know a, like a except for the stretcher and the um, and the uh, and the baby station that had like a lot of equipment in case you couldn't in case the baby couldn't breathe on her own. And um, the uh, but so she was on the bed. There were two doctors. There were uh, so. There was a nurse holding her hand. There was me on the other side holding her other hand. There were two doctors who were holding each of her, one holding each leg. And then there were two more doctors who were like waiting for the baby to come out. So, yeah, I guess you had the most support you could have had. Yes. And because. yeah. Yeah. And then uh, also just across from us, there was like there were seven or eight med students who were just sort of watching this happen that looked like the bleachers, you know, at the, <laughs> like in, in a Wrigley field. Yeah. 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 And then, um, to the side, there was the baby station where the, where the NICU team, the, the, the neonatal yes, intensive yeah, yeah. care unit team was to make sure. And the baby just, um, Emily was pushing and she didn't get an epidural and, uh, and, um, she was pushing and she couldn't do it, and uh, she was just having a hard, you know, they they were she it was just having a hard time coming out, and so they thought that the baby was gonna just wait for a little while. And then there was this nurse who was holding Emily's hand that said, "Well, why don't you just try relaxing your legs and spreading them open?" And Josie just shot out, just and she shot out <laughs> so suddenly and so quickly that like the doctors who were telling her to push kind of like winced or yeah, like jolted ready a little for bit. It. They're like, yeah. <laughs> and so um, it turns out she couldn't uh, uh, breathe on her own. Okay. So um, they tried to let her for a little, I got to cut the cord. Um, and uh, and then they uh, they took her to the baby station. And when they realized she wasn't breathing, they put a, uh, they put a tube in her, a bunch of tubes. And, um, and then... Uh, and then everybody left except for the nurse. And it was like uh, it was like we were all alone in the silence. And the nurse was really nice. Uh, we ended up giving Josie's middle name. Uh, or Josie's middle name was named after the nurse. Who, wow. Yeah, who was, who was helping. Her name is Fenda. And, um, and it was just us. And it was like this thing hadn't really happened. Um, and uh, nor- I guess... Um, so 
I got to see Josie the first time about an hour after she was born in the NICU. And um, I'd always heard of dads and moms saying that the first time they ever saw their baby, it was this like transformative and tremendous experience. And um, I didn't have that. My first impression, because we were kind of in the room joking around a little bit, was that um, it was that the baby looked like Burt Lancaster, <laughs> which like because I'd seen when I was younger, I'd seen this movie called The Greatest Show on Earth, and Burt Lancaster has had this like really broad chest because he was playing a um, trapeze artist and a really slim waist, and Josie was uh, one pound fifteen ounces, and okay. and um, it was because she was so and she was about. Uh, I think maybe 16 inches long. Um, and her skin was translucent. And so you could basically like see everything inside of her and everything was under, like she was half baked, so to speak. Like she didn't look, she looked like, she looked like in the middle stages of being what a kid looked like. And, um, and my second feeling was that she looked so incredibly helpless. You know, because she had like she had tubes going in her nose. She had um, she was covered in I forget those things, the round things that they put on you to. Uh, oh yeah, like just just your like sensors or yeah, whatever. Yeah, 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 the yeah. sensors, and then um, she had IV tubes like an IV for, for blood. She ended up having a blood transfusion that night, and um, and mostly what I felt wasn't love, but or or this amazingness, but it was this like incredible fear. Yeah, this incredible fear both for her and also for Emily and um, and this sort of helplessness, like how helpless she felt, and I think how helpless I felt because there wasn't much I could do with it. And the and the nurses were really great. Like the nurses were really um, wonderful. They sort of explained what was going on and. Um, uh, so Josie was in the hospital for, um, about 111 days. Wow. And, um, it took, uh, I think every day. So our days would go, we'd wake up in the morning, we'd go to the hospital and spend about half an hour, 45 minutes with her. Um, I'd go to work, uh, throughout the day. And then after work, I'd go back to the hospital, um, and hang out with her for a couple of hours and then go home and go to sleep. And um, so for the first, I would say 45 to 60 days, um, I expected to um, to walk into the NICU and to be told that she'd passed away. Um, and it was uh, pretty much every single day. Yeah. Um, just like because just of her size and everything she had going on, right? Like yeah. You just didn't know if... She yeah. was gonna make it. Yeah, and 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 one thing they say is that, um, or one thing they said was, well, um, was that first, uh, if she if she achieve, reaches a certain weight, uh, her chances of of surviving are a lot better. Like you're sort of out of the woods, so to speak. And I think that was about four pounds. Okay. So um, so every day um, there were all of these uh, there were all of these all these numbers and all these machines that are hooked up, and these are the th like the rate of her breathing and the rate of her heart and um, how her, how her body is, um, is, is processing oxygen. And, um, and when I was there with her, 
uh, when we were there with her, our eyes were not only on her, but on all those, all those things, yeah. like all these charts and machines. So there's not, um, so I wasn't really getting to know her. I was more getting to know like, this is what this needs to be. And this is what this needs to yeah, be. Yeah. There's just is- so much that can go wrong. Right. And you're like, so focused on those numbers being where they need to be. Right. And also like being absolutely terrified when they're not where they yeah, need to be, yeah. like, or if they're not getting there quick enough. And, um, uh, and so, you know, I was reading to Josie, I read her the phantom toll booth and then, um, I'm a big baseball fan. So I would, you know, tell her what happened at the ball game that day. <laughs> <laughs> I'd bring magazines and, you know, and read stuff to her. Um, we had family, um, the, uh, the, so at about a month, um, after about a month, she, uh, there was a hole in her heart that hadn't closed. Oh, wow. So they had to take her to a hospital, to Cornell Hospital in Manhattan, and she had to have a heart surgery. And um, and uh, the surgery was great. The surgery went really well. And there's they warned us that there was a time where uh, um, everything is great because she's she's uh, she's been knocked out, and so she's sleeping more comfortably than she's ever slept. But once. Uh, she wakes up, there might be some adjusting that needs to happen. And we were in the room when she started waking up. And, um, and that was the only time, like, it was the, uh, I thought, I honestly thought she was going to die right there because um, her oxygen levels were terrible. Her heart rate was too fast. And um, suddenly there was, there were like, four doctors and two nurses and they were all sort of trying to do and then she had to go on this um uh not a defibrillator a uh like this machine that i forget the name of but it it basically does the breathing for her and and uh emily and i were sort of standing back and holding hands and and i was like you know this is this is it and it's shocking because it's um it's uh it's empty it's a very empty it's incredibly like, yeah, just an empty, empty experience. And it just feels like so much of it is you almost trying to like protect yourself by like detaching a little bit, right? Yeah, it's like, yeah, yeah. It's like shock. Yeah, yeah, you like don't want to invest too hard because you just don't know what's going to happen. And it's like there's also that disconnect of what she's pro- like she's in this like box that you can't even like touch her right it's like right yeah yeah and there's not and there, and there's nothing to know like yeah there's nothing to, yeah you're just kind of waiting mm-hmm. yeah and the, and there were and there were hints of like a personality um yeah. up until then like like she wouldn't sit still so she's in this little isolate she's in that little like glass yeah, box, yeah, yeah. and she's and she can't sit still she like pushes herself up against the back of it and the nurses have to come and you know <laughs> like and put her back her. Yeah, yeah yeah and and there was also like um she had a anemic she, she she was anemic at the beginning so what they had to do was put this um uh, a, a light and uh, on top of the isolate and because her eyes weren't formed yet um uh, they had to put these little sunglasses on her, so she looked like a like a uh, like a um uh of uh, a Miami Beach grandma. Yeah, you yeah. Know? Like, and we had pictures of her, just like that. out on the beach. Yeah, just. yeah. And it was uh, you know, so there were little like bits of who she might be and who yeah. And who she, but but you're absolutely right. It's like okay, well, I'm not going to really give myself over to this until until I know exactly what I'm dealing with. And there's and there's nothing to hang on to other than this. The only thing to hang on to is this is this feeling of 
of helplessness and fear. So it doesn't really allow for much, for much like, um, it, it doesn't allow for other feelings. Yeah, it's really easy to just think about everything that can go wrong in that scenario and kind of just let yourself run away with these negative thoughts. And, yeah. Mm-hmm. And is Emily feeling the same way your wife or is um, it? it? Emily, uh, I think Emily uh, felt, I think she was feeling a little bit different than I was. Like she was, um, she like, she, so her father spent a lot of time in the hospital before he passed away. And so she had a lot more experience with like um, uh, being in a hospital and advocating okay. for a kid. So, so, so she was like advocate. She was like super advocate. Um, and, and I think there was a shock and a trauma of Josie's arrival as well. But, but she was, yeah, she was like advocating. She was talking to the nurses. She was getting to know the nurses. Yeah, she's, she's been, much more like comfortable in that environment. Yeah, yeah. And she also, her job was a little bit more flexible than mine. So she spent a lot more time okay, there yeah. that, than I did. So she, she she figured out who she liked, who she didn't yeah, like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, and, um, and set up meetings. And she would update me on numbers and things like that while I was at work. And um, I don't know that she, uh, there's a, there was a sense of, um this what she explained to me was there's always there was always a sense of this is going to be taken away from me at some point yeah all this is going to be so she had that same feeling too of like at any point this could all just stop and Mm -hmm. and and she thought it would like that's what she thought so you both kind of had that feeling of like this is just not going to work out yeah yeah or yeah yeah um until she hit four pounds and then once she hit four pounds um, there was a little bit of a change. Like there was a little bit of a, um, we, uh, like we held her about a week. We started holding her the, uh, the recommend skin to skin for, for them, like right away. Um, uh, but there was a little bit of a, we became a little bit more involved in the changing of diapers and in the bathing. And it became more of like a, oh, so we have a kid. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Like we're, we're actually taking care of yeah. this child now. <laughs> right. And we get like, and this is the process and this is what she has to do with like pumping milk. And this is how she learns to eat. And, and she had, um, aside from the open heart surgery or the, or the heart surgery, she had a couple of blood transfusions, which is even like, and the second one was a little bit later. Um, and like for a preemie, it's like a teaspoon of, of blood, <laughs> yeah, you know, like, the actual... just like or a tablespoon. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, and we got to know like her, her habits a little bit. And then we were able to take a little bit more pleasure in like, oh, she's, um, we can try to feed her with a bottle now. So like we would come and, and, and there'd be some milk in a little, like in this little tiny thing. And we, you know, they, they taught us how to do it. And, um, uh, yeah, so there's a little bit more pleasure and a little bit more involvement. Yeah, and you're act- like you actually had that first moment of like actually touching your daughter like that. Like yeah, well, the, the touching happened a little bit like before. Uh, yeah, happened like after a couple, but 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 being involved in it, yes. like 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 being like this is me as a dad, like or as a guy, <laughs> not quite feeling like a dad yet. Um, uh, um, washing her with soap okay yeah this yeah, is yeah. you know this is us like putting a bottle in her mouth this is us holding her hand and 
and playing yeah, with it's her. like these are actual things I'm doing as parents, but I'm still doing them in this hospital environment. It's right. this weird like practice thing. Like you're yeah. <laughs> like I feel like everyone else, if they have a baby who's like healthy, just gets sent home and learns all this stuff, and you're getting right. like taught it along the way. Right, and and we're being taught all this stuff by different nurses. So each nurse has their own different like technique. <laughs> yeah, and each and each nurse is a critic, you know, because they because yeah. they do it their own separate way. I think there were two nurses who were like. Go, yeah. <laughs> you know, just go. You, you do it yourself. So um, the um, so there were so 111 days passed, and we um, and we took her home, and uh, we got to take her home. Like she was, um, and she didn't need to be fed with tubes. She didn't need to be fed with. Um, uh, she didn't. Uh, she didn't need any oxygen. She was, and the first. Um, Right as we left the hospital, the thing, the nurse who was really nice said, um, you guys are going to have to wake up every three hours to make sure she's breathing during the night. Yeah. And, it, and at that point, like her schedule was, her schedule was sleep for three hours or, you know, sleep for a couple of hours, eat. And then three hours later, you know, sleep for a couple of hours, feed three hours later, put her to so bed. So everything was on like a three hour cycle. Everything was on a three hour cycle. So, um, and that first night, each of us got up every three, you know, we alternated. And after that first night, we were like, we cannot do this or else we're going to go crazy. Yeah, like we're not going to survive the day. <laughs> so, so we got a, um, a, a monitor uh, that we could just hear her, and then whenever any, whenever either of us got up, um, uh, woke up just by chance, we would look at the monitor and see that she was breathing, and um, and uh, but um, there's this uh, for the first, I guess, when she got home, there was still this fear. There was still this fear, like, um, if. If she doesn't eat a certain amount of food, she's going to die. If if she doesn't sleep a certain amount, she's going to die. If um, uh, if if the room is the wrong temperature, she's going to die. Like there's, it it's it be, it's such a loaded, it was such a loaded experience. And um, and what was, what was nice about it, was that we both had jobs where um, Emily stayed home for three months and took care of her. And then I stayed home for three months and took care of her. And um, what was nice about having her home and what was a little bit easier than maybe the parents you were just talking about who were just told to go home and had to figure it out themselves is that in the hospital we knew, we learned, like, this is how we do this. And we had people who were teaching us, yeah. this is how you do this. Like, this is what you need to do. And this is basically what needs to happen. And, um, and most of our time was spent um, figuring out, okay, so that's what happened in the hospital. How is it going to happen at home? And um, with still not a lot of regard for Josie as a human being. It's just like, yeah, because <laughs> everything you're doing is so task oriented, kind of to keep this thing a lot that is a person but it's still yeah you're still like yeah i'm just going through the motions uh -huh. to keep a person alive right uh who who yeah and who i'm i'm their death is just sort of hovering over everything yeah which it feels like the circumstances of which it was a tough thing where i guess it's like one thing in itself but then it feels like you're also kind of this is where your head is just going more so than for you yeah, as a person yeah for us yeah and and you know and I, I imagine like all parents feel like that because i mean even even 
term babies are like yeah. helpless creatures. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they still <laughs> come out and they have no <laughs> yeah. sense of anything. Heads pointy. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, uh, and th- there was also during this time, there were a lot of like, when if if one little thing w- went wrong, there was a uh, it, it it there was a, a trigger, and we would we would find ourselves back on that day or back in the. Um, uh, for me, it was every time something went wrong or every time I got afraid, I was immediately back to walking into the NICU, expecting to be told that she was that she was gonna that she was no longer alive. Yeah. She passed away. Just knowing that like this could lead to this to lead to this. And then she's Mm -hmm. back at the hospital. Yeah. 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 And, um, uh, but, um, I think, uh, the, and so I didn't really, that, that, that has persisted and that persisted, um, for a very long time. And even when Josie began to, um, uh, express traits of this is who I am. Like I, I am not going to sleep. I'm going to make feeding very difficult for you. I, I want to go where I want to go. Like this, this sort of stubbornness. Um, there would be little moments that were really nice. Like, uh, um, when she, so I got to stay home for three months with her and we would just go, like our days were pretty regimented. Like we'd wake up, I'd feed her, we'd go for a walk, we'd go to the park. Um, I would hold her, you know, I'd hold her up and go, "That's a tree, that's a this, that's a that." And um, she was be- sort of trying to beginning to focus and um, and but through all this, I didn't feel like a dad until a little over, like until she was a little over two years old. Yeah, so yeah. it took a while for it to actually kick in of like, mm-hmm. I am this child's dad. Like, right, yeah. And, 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 and not to look at her and see death. Not to look at her and yeah. go, you know, like they're still like, I feel like now the worries are, are, um, are, are normal dad worries. Like sprinkled with every once in a while, like if she fall, like she fell off a bed. And I, I immediately like went back to that time and, yeah. and, and, uh, but, but now it's just a very normal thing. And it's interesting once, um, once, uh, there's, there's room for the, like, for this vast, for like this crazy, this vast amounts of love for her, like this, like there's room now, you know, and, and it slowly became this thing like, like, okay, there's a little bit like I could feel it sort of gradually going oh my god she's like the greatest thing in the you know she's like she's awesome like she does this the first time she like crawled i was like oh yeah (laughs) like you know and oh my god like i'm so full of like good for you like like so great and the first time she like babbled a little bit and the first time she used to have this little this little turtle above her changing station. And, and that was the first thing she ever just, every time we'd put her on this little changing station, she'd see the turtle and her face would light up. And I'd be like, you know, just filled with this like, oh my God, you are, you're amazing. You know, yeah. you're wonderful. And, um, but the first time that I felt like a dad was um, the uh, Josie and I was in the room, I was in the kitchen making breakfast with her. And, um, Josie and Emily were playing in the other room and uh and I guess she had a piece of toast and uh and I heard Josie babble something and and Emily said 
do you want some butter? And Josie said, yeah. And, and Emily said, well, go to your dad and get some butter. And she walked up to me with this little piece of toast and, um, and, and, and went, butter. And so I put it on and she went, thanks. And then she ran out of the room again. And I, like, I, and I was like, oh, this is what it feels like. Yeah, like we just had an interaction. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like this is, I feel like a dad now. <laughs> yeah, and it's funny because everything up until, not like that point too, but like you were talking early on, even like bringing her to the park and tell, like it felt like you were going through the, mo- like you understood what it meant to be a dad and you were doing all of these dad things, mm-hmm. but it took a bit for it to actually like, hit like hit you as like oh yeah i'm a dad like yeah Mm -hmm. yeah like i am this this person is mine yeah and i am like fully in love with this person like invested in everything like yes yeah yeah that's right yeah it's like you have that thing where the like you were kind of just going through the motions and then you actually had that emotional like opening up where now you're like i am fully connected and attached to this yeah yeah and it's and and it's been like I mean, there are days, of course, where she's just a pain in the ass, but <laughs> yeah. but also like, <laughs> and that's part of it. Like, yeah, it's really, and, the, and you just accept that because you're mm-hmm. like, this is my daughter, and yeah, 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 and and also part of it was like it was interesting too because um, uh, because I was like, uh, it wasn't that I was in, I f- like my love for Emily at that time didn't waver yeah. at all. Like it was very much like. She's the responsibility at this point. She needs to, you know, like, I just want to make sure that everything's okay with her. And then, and, uh, but for Josie, it just, it was like, it, it, which is, which was unexpected to me. Like it, it, it didn't, I didn't think, I didn't think it would take that long or that, um, uh, yeah, I didn't think it would take that long or I didn't think it would take that shape or that form. Yeah. So, because you don't think about that in terms of human beings, you know? <laughs> yeah, because it just sort of happened. It's just, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, and everything's, I mean, she's she's great now. You know, she's starting preschool in the fall and going to summer camp starting on <laughs> Monday. And she's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. That's great. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, thanks, Robbie. Oh, you're welcome. Yeah, thanks for, yeah. Yeah, if I mean, do you have like a website or anything coming up? No, n- yeah, n- no website. But if you know, if you if you want to um, become a Facebook friend, I will. I I I talk about Josie quite a bit. <laughs> yeah, and then yeah. you do like you're still teaching occasionally at the Magnet, right? Yeah, Is that where? Yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, the, you take storytelling class. Yeah, so the next class will be in a couple of weeks, and then there'll probably be one in one, September yeah. or October. Yeah, so keep a look out. out. Yeah, awesome. Okay, well, thank you so much. Yeah, you're welcome. Thank you. Cool. Appreciate it. This is how we love, this is how we fight for something that's right. Love Hurts is produced, hosted, and edited by Brian Berlin. Theme music by Mickey Hommel. Show art by Caroline Mallon. You can find Love Hurts on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you like the show, Rate and review it on Apple Podcasts, and tell a friend about it. You can find Love Hurts on Instagram and Twitter at LoveHurtsPod, and our website is LoveHurtsPod.com. I'm Brian Berlin, and this is Love Hurts. <laughs>